Hi, welcome to episode 556 of the Fantastic Forecast. And if anybody can tell the difference between a family dollar and a dollar general, please let me know. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four 556 from June 2008. World's Greatest Part 3 by Mark Millar and Brian Hitch. So the cover has an image of the thing on his knees beside the bullet-riddled dead bodies of Sue and Johnny on a pile of skulls and he's saying, Cap, please don't kill us. You've done enough already. It's an interesting image, and considering that the cover of last issue featured a scene that was not in the actual comic book, I'm kind of dubious about this one as well. If there's anything worse than generic covers of characters posing, it's the cover that features a scene that does not even appear in the book. So annoying. So we learn that these people in Alaska with the machine guns are not the Palin family, but a group of men from the Elson Air Force Base. I guess they can see Russia from their base. But now, all they see is this big stupid robot with the stupid name Cap. And that robot was programmed to take away everyone's guns on New World. But he's not on New World, he's on our old world. And I can't imagine everyone is going to take too kindly to Cap taking away their guns. They're about to shoot the robot, but Cap zaps them with energy rays, turning them all into a pile of bones. Which brings us one step closer to the cover. Dr. Castle, Alyssa, and their team are trying to track the robot and find that he's landed at the Air Force Base in Alaska with a population of 500. Alyssa says to forget about the Air Force Base, the population will soon be zero. They want to figure out Cap's next move, and they think he might be heading to a nuclear uh, base a few hundred miles away. Dr. Castle calls up S.H.I.E.L.D. and orders every available superhero on their books. So back at Johnny's apartment, some guy walks in wearing a Guitar Hero 3 t-shirt. Remember that? Guitar Hero? What the hell was going on there? So this guy says he's part of a crew wiring up the apartment for the reality TV show. And he says to Johnny that someone is there to see him. He's waiting in the living room. Johnny walks through the apartment, which is filled with crew people. Construction, construction is going on in the place, setting it up for the TV show. I don't know about this idea, about Johnny having his own reality TV show. Isn't having your own reality TV show kind of like the thing you do if you're a D-list celebrity? Someone like Brett Michaels, Tila Tequila, Kim Kardashian, or Donald Trump? I don't think Johnny has to stoop that low for attention. The guy uh, wearing the t-shirt is Miguel, the band manager, who's, ups who's upset that Johnny was late to practice. Johnny tells him about that diamond heist he stopped and how he ended up tussling his words with that thief all night long. Oh, Johnny, you're so nasty. Miguel tells Johnny he should take his music career more seriously. I mean, he's got demo tapes from half the Avengers he doesn't need Johnny Storm. Ooh, juicy gossip. 
Who in the Avengers would want to be a music star? Thor? Totally I can see Thor as a rock star. The Vision? I can see it. Oh, and the Scarlet Witch. They could be like a modern day Captain Antoniel. Moon Knight. He was on the West Coast Avengers. He's a, he's a millionaire who drives a cab. Why not have a music career on the side? Johnny asks the crew if they are wiring his bedroom for sound and video, and they assure him that no, they're not. He needs him. He needs his privacy, which means they're totally going to wire it for sound and video, right? All the best stuff happens in the bedroom. The crew guy says he's going to leave Johnny with some dignity. And after having a reality TV show, there's not going to be much dignity left. Back in the bedroom is that female bad guy, the one that Johnny has been, uh, hustling with all night long, she points out that it's weird for Johnny to sleep with the bad guy instead of taking them to jail. Well, there was that one time with the beetle, but that was a strange tale. She gets dressed into her civilian clothes and she says that she's got to get back to her normal life. She'll call him later. Back at the Baxter building, Sue's walking around with Franklin and Valeria and she asks some workers where Reed is. Who are these people in, in the caps? Working on this big electrical device in the Fantastic Four's headquarters. Reed has never employed other scientists to work on his stuff, ever. Who are they? They tell, they tell Sue that Reed is capturing a micro-galaxy at the edge of the universe and won't be back for 90 minutes. Sue says that she's wondering if she should get a regular nanny or a superhero nanny, suggesting that maybe Wolverine should have the job since he's on every other superhero team lately. Suddenly, the glass breaks and all this energy comes zapping out and Sue protects everyone with force fields. Turns out, the glass was broken by Alyssa teleporting into the room into a bad spot. She says she needs help that big giant robot, Cap, is on the loose. Sue says that Reed is away, but Alyssa says that Sue should get Ben and Johnny. Sue tells the kids to go upstairs and watch DVDs. Who needs a nanny when you have DVDs? So the Fantastic Four arrive. They're in cold, snowy Alaska. They learn that about 40 other superheroes have arrived first, but now they're all dead. And we see the bodies of Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, Vision, so much for his music career, Storm, Hercules, Spider-Woman, Wolverine, so much for his nanny career, and a bunch of other dead heroes. Aw oh, man, this can't be good. Well, that's an understatement. It gets worse, Johnny says, as he sees that robot, Cap, hovering nearby. Johnny and Ben move in to attack, but the robot zaps the crap out of Ben first. Wolverine wakes up, because, you know, healing factor. What the hell? he asks. Which is not the first what the hell in this issue, by the way. Johnny flames on, he shoots fire at Cap, and then Johnny's like, Ugh! I can't tell what happened. Hitch's art is pretty, but he's not exactly the best storyteller. I don't know what happened to Johnny. Next, Sue is on the attack with her force field. She puts up all these layers of force fields, but Cap breaks through them easily. Why doesn't she just do what, that trick where she puts a force field inside the robot and expands it, thus destroying the robot from the inside? She doesn't do that. Instead, the robot looks down and sees Alyssa, Moy Castle, who talks to him. The robot remembers that 
He's programmed not to harm Alyssa. And then the thing gets up and punches Cap in the head, and all the other superheroes wake up! Not dead after all! So, while they attack, Ben gets knocked off the body of freezing cold water, where he sinks to the bottom of the water. And then we go back to the base with Dr. Castle, where they are monitoring the situation. They say that Cap has beat the Fantastic Four, teleported into Fort Greeley, where he's tearing the place apart, and now Cap is teleporting to Russia. What a strange page. This is a comic book. Show, not tell. It's not like you have budget constraints. All this stuff is happening and Dr. Castle is just telling us about it. A voice comes over the intercom saying, Sit tight, gentlemen. I'm on my way. And we see douchey Lance Armstrong looking Reed on his jet cycle traveling through the portal on his way back to Earth. And that is where our story ends. Coming in the next issue of the Fantastic Four. Oh, it's Fantastic Four 557. A veritable feast of superhero action. And do you like big giant robots? Well, next issue is for you because Cap is back. And when they bring out the anti-galactic suit, it's technological mayhem that would make even Michael Bay proud. Do you like US presidents of limited intelligence who take on the job even though it's completely over their head and they have no idea what they're doing? I know, many of you do. Hey look, it's guest star, George W. Bush. Find out what old Bushy's up to. Do you like naked women covered in money? Who doesn't? Even I do. But hey, I like anything covered in money. Check it out, it's another sexy time scene with Johnny Storm and his diamond thief girlfriend. And in one of the most important plot developments in the history of the Fantastic Four, get ready, hold on to your fat asses, Franklin and Valeria get a new nanny. Is she a witch? Or an inhuman? Or just a kindly old lady who wants a good hug? Find out in the next pulse-pounding episode of the Fantastic Forecast. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott, at podcastff. And you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Girl, I can't notice but to notice you. Noticing me. From across the room, I can see it.